When you walk into a room, your energy speaks for you. Energetics are so important. Working on that level of dearmament is powerful. There are a lot of practices that focus, and I think you know it's the case for many women that they imagine yoni dearmoring as okay. I'm gonna get a dildo, glass dildo. I'm gonna get whatever it is, some sort of object that I'm gonna penetrate myself with, and there's no sort of build up or lead in into the experience of allowing the vagina to release and soften and surrender and receive that penetration to literally ask and beg for the penetration versus trying to force the penetration to happen. Hello, hello, my loves. Bienvenidos. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Katrina Arvindaris and I'm your host. I'm also a somatic therapist, sex and intimacy coach, and I'm the founder of Essencia, an online subscription platform launching this fall with sex education, sensual yoga, and other embodiment practices to support you in feeling fully alive in your body again. Meditation, breath work, movement, you name it. In this podcast, I invite you into my journey through sexuality and all things alive and evolutionary in my heart. Join me as I open the door to my most intimate and vulnerable moments and share some of the wisdom I've gained through over 30 years of tantric and embodiment practices. This is, disclaimer, a shame-slaying podcast. So if you're not quite ready to get rid of that shame, this might not be the podcast for you, but if you are ready to step into that fire transformation, this is the place and this is the space for you. This will nourish your heart's blossoming, your reclamation of outrageous pleasure, your fuck yes energy, and your transformation into your most empowered self. Are you ready for this? (laughs) If you are enjoying this podcast, please rate and review so we can get this out to people all around the world desiring to dive into this beautiful experience along with us. Okay, love you all. Let's dive in. Hello, my loves. It is a beautiful evening in the puniverse <laughs> it's a cute little term that they um, use to refer to this little beautiful area that i live in and i thought i would hop on and record this session as i've been thinking about it for a while and so much time has passed um, probably a couple of months since i initially uh, visualized um, this this recording this episode it's on de-armoring, yoni de-armoring. And I've been thinking about what's the best way to put this episode out. And all of a sudden, I'm in the restroom and brushing my teeth, getting ready for bed. And I'm like, there's no best way except to just do it. <laughs> that is the best way. So yoni de-armoring, yoni, um, for those of you who haven't heard the term before, it's a Sanskrit term referring to the womb. And when I say yoni, I'm referring to the pelvic region the organs for reproduction in the female body. It's including the vulva, includes the vagina, the vulva is the external um, anatomy, and the vagina is the internal anatomy. And the de-armoring of the yoni represents or speaks to the releasing of the tension We're literally unlocking the armor and letting it fall away and allowing it to be palpable and receptive and responsive to touch and to life. 
and um, at least for me in my early years of um of being introduced to yoni the armoring for me it was a very physical practice and it is that's one aspect of it that's one component of it there's the um the armoring of mm, using yoni mapping so entering into the vagina with the fingers and using um the tool of the clock so bringing the fingers through each of the positions on the clock 12 1 2 3 4 5 6 um to just palpate internally and to be in the experience of that and to notice where there are sensations of numbness where there are sensations of constriction tightness and where there's sensation of more looseness and just witnessing and noticing and mapping the internal cavity in this way and having a consistent practice of it so that you can see like what exercises, what lifestyle practices are affecting any sort of differentiation of that tension or um, sensation. Uh, there's also a lot of external massage techniques that can be engaged. And, you know, internally, there's so much more. You know, there's so many mm, acupressure points internally that can be activated and stimulated and worked through um, as regards any sort of tension release. And then externally, or awakening, externally, we have the same thing. Um, as well as we have many different sorts of massage techniques you can incorporate just to become alive in that area. And again, build a somatic awareness of the state of the yoni. Um, and so there are a lot of practices that focus, and I think, you know, it's the case for many women that they imagine um, yoni dearmoring as, okay, I'm going to get a dildo glass dildo I'm gonna get whatever it is some sort of object that I'm gonna penetrate myself with and there's no sort of build up or lead in into the experience of allowing the vagina to release and soften and surrender and receive that penetration to literally ask and beg for the penetration versus trying to force the penetration to happen which I think is um, just the case for most women as I've witnessed and um, what I'd like for this episode to be is an opportunity to explore all the ways we can de-armor on an emotional, on a spiritual or energetic level, mental level, before we even get to the physical. Right? When you walk into a room, your energy speaks for you. Energetics are so important. And working on that level of de-armament is powerful. Um, but even let's just say on the physical level, um, that first date or that first episode where I shared about my cervical orgasm, I invited this gentleman to give me a breast massage. And I thought of this as I was brushing my teeth because I just completed, <laughs> I just completed recording, um, the YouTube video for breast massage techniques and guided practice and as well as the first um, episodes for the subscription platform for breast massage uh, and guided practice. 
And I realized, and as I'm preparing for my Yoni de-armoring videos, I'm realizing, wow, a big part of that video is actually going to be the breast massage. Why? Because that is a de-armoring. The heart space, the heart is a generator of love. And the breast, and being with the breast, being present with them, even on just an energetic, le energetic level, and then moving into the physical level through self-touch. It's a beautiful way of attuning to emotions, allowing emotions to arise to the surface of the awareness and being present with them and resourcing through this generative capacity of love that we always have access to. So transforming and experiencing those emotions with acceptance, being present with them, realizing our capacity to be with them. This is de-armament. So... I typically on my dates, if I am desiring some sort of physical touch, I have them massage me. I direct them to massaging me in my breasts. And that's what I did with this gentleman when we were at the hot springs. I guided his hands to my chest and I just started to show him how I wanted to be touched around the breasts. Because for me, that's what allows me to start to soften and to feel his presence and to be connected to him and to start to be in my body more. So even that, it's not even, I'm not going straight to the yoni. It's not like, oh, we need to touch the yoni. I need you to play with my clit. I need you to massage my labia in this or that way. I need you to like press against it in this way or, you know, put that acupressure point on. <laughs> no, not even, right? If I'm ready for him to touch me in a way that feels like more intimate, you know, I, I want that. I want the hands on the breast and I want to see how receptive he is to the touch that I desire as I guide him along my breast, as I pause on the breast with his hands, right? Um... So, <laughs> Yoni de-armoring. Mm. There's so many different ways that you can approach the de-armament of a Yoni. Um, I've seen videos that, um, that guide you into the technique of once you have the dildo on the um, vaginal opening, that you squeeze the pelvic muscles, you release, squeeze, release, Squeeze, release, and then you let it come in. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think there's so much that we can do before we even get to a point of imagining penetration. You know, de-armoring um, and penetration. Um, to put them hand in hand, I think that's a conditioned um, expectation and response that we can just kind of get curious about and start to drop out of and start to explore, right? Take the pressure away of needing to have insertion and penetration and being okay with exploring what the armament through the entirety of the body is and especially the mental and emotional body first and foremost, what am I needing to feel safe mentally and emotionally in this experience? Because if I'm not, then I'm going to tense up. I'm going to start to armor up. And that tension is going to be alive in the body. Whatever traumas we haven't processed, they are in the body, lodged in the body as tension. 
And whilst we can go through physical practices, body work of all sorts, especially acupressure or deep trigger point massage, um, or even subtle body work like martima points. As we start to work through the body in that way, we, become, we can become very present with the tension and the pain that's existing in certain areas of the body and engage release practices with the breath, exhaling and softening the entirety of the body and the tension as you allow someone to push into or press into or activate these points where attention is locked. And as you start to release and experience a sense of surrender with that pain, you start to notice a whole plethora of sensations beyond the pain that start to unlock on top of emotional releases that come along with it. I remember being in New York City, having my first Marma treatment. Marma, for those of you who haven't heard it, Marma is an Ayurvedic acupressure therapy uh, that originated in uh, martial arts. I can't remember the name of the martial arts form, um, but it was a way that warriors um, would touch their opponents um, in the battlefield, right? Because if you can activate a specific marma or marma points, then you could win over and defeat your enemy, <laughs> essentially paralyze the nervous system or whatever it is you're needing, right? to engage in the battlefield. Um, but that's the way it works. It's an intimate connection to the nervous system. Um, and so my first Marma um, therapy session in New York City was with Virabhadrasana Tanzi, Vira, Bud, originally as I knew him, um, in his tiny little um, massage studio. And Bud, Vira, is a very, hmm, he's a bhakti yogi. And my mentor at the time, a meditation mentor, spoke wonders of him, as did his wife, as did a few other um, people, colleagues um, in the meditation community um, when we were gathering one day. And I just felt the indication of, oh, he's someone who's going to be really safe for me to be in a bodywork experience with. I had a lot of trauma um, that I needed to work through, um, that I desired to work through uh, around touch with men um, in that container. And he, I just knew he would be a really great person for me to go and start to work, work it out. So I booked the session and I'm in his studio on the Lower East Side. And all I can remember right now is he pressed on a marma point near my heart, somewhere on the sternum heart area. And I felt a lot of tightness and constriction at first, you know, my body um, tensed up. But again, knowing that there was safe space, I knew I could release into it. And he felt that too. And so he worked his way through the body and he came back there again. And spontaneously, I remember tears coming through. I remember breathing really heavily into this area 
I remember having such a powerful, spontaneous, emotional release that was quite loud. And at the same time, I wasn't concerned for my loudness um, in any way, um, interrupting any of the other rooms around us. In fact, I just kind of assumed no one else was in the rooms around us. <laughs> I assumed this was normal. <laughs> and it is um, for those who are ready to go through that experience with that. So I had a very loud, cathartic release as he worked through my heart area, just literally holding that space and holding that pressure point. Um, and that was probably literally my first experience of dearmament through body work itself. And it was very revealing, it was very telling. And it planted a seed for me for further dearmament through body work. Um, but moreover, it started a journey for me of recognition that there was a lot of tightness and constriction that was desiring to be opened and released. And there was a lot of there were a lot of emotions tied into that constriction of the chest area and having a glimpse of how powerful and how intense that release was in that session was pro which is probably just like 60 to 90 minutes long i knew i needed um a container an appropriate like, time and space to go deeper into that but even just having that awareness is powerful, knowing that, oh my gosh, what is this? <laughs> I was just so unconscious of it, so unaware that there was this tightness and constriction on the physical body that was completely like tied into a specific emotional release that was desiring to be met, right? We have intuitions around it, we have ideas and concepts around it, but to have an embodied experience of it was an entirely different story, and that's what that was. So de-armoring practices include mental, emotional practices of trauma release, emotional release, discharging practices. Mm, you could utilize breath work to catalyze that experience. Working with somatic therapists is very helpful. Mm, And really diving deep into shadow work. Really, and what I mean by that is facing the uncomfortable emotions, creating time and space to be present with them, to allow them to move, to be energy in motion, allowing them to be alive, as uncomfortable as that might feel at first. Like, allowing them to move, they start to transform. But the more we avoid them, the more we'll feel it in the body as discomfort, as a subtle growth of discomfort until it gets to a point where it reaches a threshold and it's discomfort on a level where we have no other choice but to figure out a solution to getting rid of it. And we don't wanna have to get to that point. We wanna be preemptive. We wanna be proactive. 
in our evolution. Yeah, why not? If we have the tools accessible to us, why not? And then we have these physical practices of body work that can help to facilitate dearmament. For example, marma therapy, acupressure. And you can explore that also internally, not just externally. And what I mean by internally is in the vagina. So, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, when I introduced the mapping of the pelvic cavity, you can actually see a pelvic floor therapist to help you do that. And I did. I worked with a pelvic floor therapist when I was in New York City, and that was a beautiful experience and practice to have a professional clinician um, enter me and to just experience what that was like when it wasn't a gynecologist, for example entering stirrups and being in a very like dry clinical experience that feels very traumatizing in its own way <laughs> but opening up to what it's like to work with a women's you know pelvic floor therapist who really wants to help you like gain awareness of the tension and the pain and the irregularities in the pelvic floor and support you in gaining harmony there that was beautiful it felt safe and it felt nice to be witness in that experience with another woman. You can also have yoni massages performed by other people, women, men, however you prefer to have them gendered. And what that means is they'll be providing the touch externally on the vulva and then and then meeting you as you're ready for penetration right? Witnessing you in that experience, being present with you, allowing you to have agency and an awareness of when you're ready to and desiring to be penetrated. Rather than it being um, that conditioned response of, I have to penetrate at some point, let's make it happen. Let's push this. Um, And this is actually one of the reasons why I personally don't use lubrication. I don't use lubricants um, in sex. I used to, when I was a very young girl, use lubricants with my sex toys. And then I got to a point in my embodiment where I realized if my body is not naturally lubricating, it doesn't want to receive penetration. <laughs> And I'm not going to force it to receive it. And I'm just going to sit with that experience of being in my body and witnessing hmm, what it could be desiring other than penetration and exploring that. Not feeling the pressure to have to proceed into a penetrative um, sexual experience with a partner because that's what I've been conditioned to believe what sex is supposed to be for us. Being okay with Witnessing my body in its ebbs and flows when I'm alone in self-pleasure and having established like firm comfort in what my body is asking for, being able to tune into that with more ease and facility in a partnered experience, and then being able to speak and communicate what it's desiring and needing. And this is not such a fluid process as I just painted it to be. There's going to be kinks you're going to need to work out as you move along the process with each partner. And 
I think that's the beauty of the journey, just knowing that as humans we're infallible. And it's so fun and beautiful to be able to go through the journey of exploration of yourself in um, the presence of another human being and allowing them to also go through that journey with themselves and with you and sharing in this way is just so beautiful. Like this humility and this openness and this love and this tenderness. Once we start to cultivate a space of giving it to ourselves, we start to identify and discern more easily those who can also hold that space with us if that's what we're desiring, right? And ultimately, I think that is what we're all desiring, to be met in that same way. So, <laughs> um, I do have a video that I'll be recording in the next week for Yoni Dearmoring, which at the point of releasing this episode, it'll already be on YouTube and it'll hopefully be on the subscription platform, <laughs> which you can find on the website or through my social media. Um, and I'm really excited, I have to say. I'm really excited to share the dearmoring video. And as you've heard through this episode so far, you know, this is just one practice of many that you can explore and incorporate in your self-practice. And I highly encourage you to just be curious to be curious, to be open, to be in awe, to embracing your body as this beautiful temple that you are dropping to your knees in sweet devotion to receive, to viewing worship as receptivity rather than like a complete loss of agency and a self-abandonment seeing worship of your temple as a deep, intimate connection to your body as your heart, to experiencing love, deep love, through embodying you because you are love, to experiencing the love that you are, to being present, with you, with the ugly, with the parts of you that self-abandon, with the parts of you that judge you, with the parts of you that resist you, being present with all of those parts of you, holding all those parts of you in deep love. Those are the parts that hold tension on the physical level in our body. And this is how we begin to create a safe space to be with it and to allow it to be held in that space of love, to be felt in the space of love, to be cradled in that space of love, to be nourished, to be de-armed, to be healed and transformed when it can exist, coexist with love rather than feel like it has to be cast away and hidden. My endeavor, my goal is to create guided practices that can allow us as women to come back into a space of safety internally with ourselves. And from that safe, safe, 
from that space of safety a recognition and embodiment of our agency in our lives. Transcending from spaces of protection and needing to be um, armored into a place of fully feeling alive in our bodies and trusting ourselves, trusting our bodies, trusting the intuition because we've created the space to fine tune our awareness on that subtle level to the nuances of our body, to the nuances of our heart, to the nuances, the whispers that our being is constantly delivering, providing, gifting us with. When we finally drop the walls of our awareness and be present with ourselves, it can be scary scary beautiful <laughs> um hmm now i also want to share that there's no perfection in dearmament uh, I recently had sex with a new partner and it was amazing. I had a, oh, it was so beautiful. <laughs> I had more cervical orgasms, not as intense and not as like powerful as that very first one um, uh, from the first episode, um, but beautiful nonetheless and welcomed and I'm in deep gratitude for them. Um, but even in that experience where I'm receiving deep pleasure in our sex, I'm also armed, you know, and I'm noticing that there's tension in the body. And so did he. He's a body worker and um, a movement specialist. And he had asked me, and he's young, so he asked as best as he could. <laughs> he's like, I'm trying to figure out what she wants. Um, speaking about my yoni and I said yeah tell me more um, he's like I can s feel that there's still like quite a bit of tension there and we had just met um, and I was just desiring to ravage him like literally my desire was so so, so strong for him <laughs> very animalistic like I had a huge animal like fiery like lioness that just wanted to be like unleashed in his presence and she's playful and she was fun and i love that but she was fiery um and she really wanted to like take on every inch of him and i had never experienced that actually that i can recall to that intensity i remember being on the other end of it with many of my partners actually <laughs> in a not fully consensual way where I'm like, oh, what is this energy? Why am I being met with this intensity? I'm not feeling that. Um, and whilst he did verbalize that this was like the first time he had had consensual sex in a while, in a long while, um, you know, retrospectively, I wonder how consensual it actually is or was for him. Um, after like the experience itself, the desire was consensual. The desire to initiate sex is consensual, but I wonder if the sex itself was fully what he was desiring. Um, 
Actually, I don't wonder. I know on many levels, like he was desiring to be met with less of that fire, which I was like, okay, that's interesting. Mm. I'm really grateful nonetheless to have been able to unleash her and have that beautiful experience with him. But all of that to say is that, you know, even in that deep pleasure and that fun and that play and that excitement and even in me being able to have orgasms and like deeply appreciate them, my body was still armored. There was still room for more. And I told him, I said, oh, well, that's not a physical thing. Um, and he wanted, he was like, oh, well, we should stop having sex. Let's not have sex. And I wasn't ready to call it either way. I would just received what he said. And I was like, mm, okay, well, let's just flow and see what goes. Like, take a pause. I asked for the pause. Um, and yeah, my body didn't desire to be penetrated again, though it did desire it in time. And it wanted that time for the development of like that further dearmament for deeper penetration. <laughs> He wasn't up for that, though. Um, but I share that because it's important to know that there's no perfection as it regards dearmament. Ebbs and flows are natural in the process. Cycles, we're cyclical beings. We're, and it's good to tune into like maybe even what part of your cycle. Are you feeling more armed? Are you maybe not necessarily even desiring to be penetrated? Ayurvedically speaking, we don't encourage, um, and we, yeah, we don't encourage penetrative sex or orgasms um, during menstruation because uh, we want the energy to pull downward. And we want blood to move outward. We don't want to introduce energetics that are going to move the prana values or the air element in the body in a different direction we want the movement to be downward flow not upward outward not circulating we want downward flow um you know and so even that that point of the cycle just kind of witnessing and seeing how the body is feeling around penetration or how it's feeling generally in terms of its dearmament and what it's desiring for dearmament right like is it a dearmoring experience to be in menstruation does the body feel like it's releasing tension as it's releasing those toxins in the blood you know there's nice questions to uh get curious about for self-inquiry to engage on a deeper level of intimacy with your own body At what part of your cycle are you feeling this hungriness and this aliveness to ravage someone? <laughs> For me, in this case, it was when I was fertile. <laughs> At what point do you feel like you want to be ravaged? You know, is there a part of your cycle where that comes alive for you? Just noticing and witnessing, being open to seeing if there's a pattern there. And being open to witnessing that that pattern might change. Not being rigidly attached to the way it should be. You know, I think there's like a rigid attachment that on a subtle level, a lot of women have around 
their menstruation aligning with the moon in a certain way. We can also just witness that the moon has a cycle that is consistent and that it's a beautiful mirror to our cycle in the fact that it's about the same number of days yes but do we have to have a precision of alignment with the moon no in fact in vedic astrology um, we see we see cause and reason for there to be um, fluidity and more individuality for each woman's cycle in terms of its start and end um, in Jyotish or Vedic astrology, um, if you're born into a family that's cognizant of this, a mother would map her daughter's first bleed to the, to the minute and identify using that nakshatra or that moon constellation, which is more precise than the zodiac um, constellations. There's 108 different um, different delineations or areas of the moon constellation that Jyotish or Vedic astrology has um, identified um, in terms of differentiation of the human expression on a mental, emotional, as well as physiological level. So being able to map or like date your daughter's first menstruation and we can start to see a lot of indications for how her cycle will unfold. Knowing that <laughs> gives a bit more like, flexibility, fluidity, and compassion for the diversity of how a woman's cycle can look relative to the moon itself. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Ooh, that was a lot for a short amount of time. I like that. Mm. Okay, right. So going on that imperfection or the fluidity and the ebbs and flows of dearmament, just being a witness to how that shifts and changes for you, being curious and being open to seeing if there are patterns, but letting that be a very innocent process, not needing to analyze it, but simply just being present. Because in your presence, your awareness is acute, it's, mm, it's refined, it's broad, spectrumed, it has room for simultaneity, it has room for focus, um, has room for his spaciousness. It's not limited. How about that? And letting it also inform you on your readiness for escalation of intimacy even before penetration right like how i express that you know my inviting a partner into massaging my breast that for me is an indication like once i'm ready for that once i'm ready to have their hands on my breast and it's consensual that's something that they're desiring I know that we've escalated intimacy. I know that I'm desiring more, but not quite ready for anything else quite yet. Like I just want to be in that experience and see how 
the dearmoring comes in that experience like what starts to drop and what starts to open and what starts to throb and how does desire start to build or unfold in that experience does it feel more like a loving um um sibling relationship right like do i feel less erotically like alive in like a polarity of like i want to be penetrated and do i feel erotically alive in a sense of i'm just feeling completely present and my body just feels at home but it's not feeling charged to consummate energy in any specific sort of way it just feels at home and alive and this is a beautiful thing or it feels deeply present and in love and my emotions are so like they're unfolding in a beautiful way we can have so many different experiences as intimacy starts to escalate and i think it's so crucial and essential to have these embodiment practices so we can tune into what the body mind heart spirit is desiring for that evolution that is desiring to unfold right? and following that because as soon as that person's hands on my breast i'm gonna start to see like is the eroticism building Am I wanting to escalate intimacy even more, you know, moving towards perhaps an act of penetration? Is it making me desire penetration more, but maybe I'm not going to want that yet any like in this experience. And I know that because my body's just way too armored, but it's softening in a progression that feels good. And that feels like is really alive for me and feels inviting for this person to be seen as a partner, a potential partner. I think there's so many ways we can move through a dating situation um, as we're exploring de-armament. And that's the beauty of going through our individual practice of de-armament, right? Until we cultivate this supreme level of awareness with our own body, it would be really challenging to engage at when another person's in the picture with us. And now we're starting to like engage mutuality of experience we're starting to navigate another person's mental emotional and physical state and how much are they needing and asking for someone to caretake for their experience to assist them in their unfoldment and how much you're ready to even show up in that way or not desiring that at all all the complexity of Mm, intimacy that comes into play with a new partner and even with someone who isn't new because we are dynamic beings and we're consistently growing evolving and changing ideally and being present for that evolution of your partner in every moment allowing that spaciousness for them to fluidly explore their growth and their mutations and their shifts their ebbs and flows all right i feel like that's a great <laughs> place to end <laughs> let me let me breathe and see mm. um yeah, I'll answer a question someone recently asked me on Instagram. 
Um, they asked if I preferred glass dildos. I mean, dildos over like hands, manual touch. And this is in response to uh, stories that I had put up regarding um, choosing um, the appropriate or the best like body safe um, substrate for your dildos. So glass over crystals, for example, in this case, um, crystals are porous. So like crystal quartz, jade, obsidian stone, these porous um, devices can trap bacteria and mold and they're not necessarily um, what is the word I'm looking for sanitizable because of this and so we um, it is suggested to go with a non-porous glass um, borosilicate glass suggested especially for temperature play um, it's more durable and um, so that was that was his question in response to my stories, because I did say that I have not actually used toys in so many years because um, I don't have a penetration practice either. Um, I don't use vibrators because I like to I don't want to overstimulate the clitoris and numb it out. Like I'm so sensitive. I've sensitized to touch to the point where I could literally like hover my finger over my clit just ever so softly and receive an orgasm through that. And so having um, having a vibrator on there is not actually pleasurable for me. It just, it's a tension orgasm. It fast forwards too quickly to like a peak orgasm. Whereas I love the valleys. And so I have not, I have not had a, a penetration practice with toys in honestly, probably since my early 20s and I'm 37 now. Um, and I haven't used a vibrator since my twenties either. Um, so in response to his question, yes, I prefer manual stimulation 100%. And, um, I did, you know, buy a glass dildo recently for the dearmament videos and the dearmament practice. Um, and I did go ahead and explore with it and it was nice to have the orgasm with it, but I did witness how naturally my body just wasn't really desiring to be penetrated by glass. And that's always been the case. And that is why I let go of that dodo practice. Um, however, that being said, it is still a useful practice for self-practice to explore the internal environment of the vagina to seeing how armored the cervix is for example or how there might be not any sensation on the cervix when you press against it with your dildo you know once you've opened to penetration that is you don't want to force that experience um And that's actually a reason why I really enjoyed the sex I had with both of these guys um, because they were very curious and open to exploring like the different ways they could penetrate me for like um, providing like stimulation to the different acupressure points, especially the gentleman who was um, a body worker 
am very familiar with um, using the tools of his body to stimulate different points of the body, and in this case, my erogenous zones internally. It was so therapeutic and beautiful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we'll go ahead and end there. Um, it's late, and um, I did open up for coaching uh, about two weeks ago to take on coaching clients, and I've got a full day of coaching tomorrow. Very abundant. I'm very excited, and I should get some good rest, <laughs> so I'm present with them. <laughs> I love you all and I'm sending you all big hugs and just a big heartgasm from the Puniverse. Until next time. Ahuiho. Thank you, my loves, for joining me on this journey. I hope that this episode was fruitful for you. To access any resources referenced, please visit the episode page at KatrinaX.com where you'll find the podcast archive. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Like and leave a review or comment and share with your friends and loves. Espero que hayas disfrutado este episodio. Gracias por darte este espacio conmigo. 